Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free Monday edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And we're not just here on Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls, and welcome. Welcome back to The Ralph Report for a Monday. We had a little vacation there. We took a little time off. It's a blink of the eye, though. Oh, man, it was a quick week. It was so fast. I had so many things I had planned to do last week, <laughs> and none of them got done. But it's good to be back here on The Ralph Report here in the Batcave. I, of course, am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting across from me course is your vice host mr eddie pence hey everybody it's good to be back thanks to everybody who sent us uh, good wishes over the holiday break for a good thanksgiving yeah, we got thank them you. all and it was very kind of you very and, nice uh, thanks for giving us a little time off to spend with the family how was your trip mr pence it's good went up to the bay area for a few days um that wet that, that uh, air quality is pretty good up there it, it was awful it was like in the 200s which is like you can't you have to wear a mask to go outside yeah and then it rained and it Went down to six, which is actually bare, better air quality than like here. Well, sure, because so all the after, toxins got washed after the into rain. the rainwater. So, and with a day we couldn't go outside, and then the rest of the time was fine. Yeah, uh, we were up there. Kevin Smith and I were up there for Hollywood Babylon. Oh, yeah. And I got off the plane in Oakland, and it looked post-apocalyptic. Yeah, Everyone's was, walking in, around in masks. And sun it, was orange. It looked like it was, Blade Runner. It was bad. End times. <laughs> I said, good. This is a good practice for me because in 20 years when the earth is unlivable. This, this will be every day. Right. We'll be used to it. So uh, I'm glad you had a good time. I uh, took the family down to Orange County for a couple days. We went to uh, Laguna Beach. Nice. And it was uh, very nice down there. Nice chance to get away and reconnect with the family and sort of uh, hang out. And we had Lovely Thanksgiving dinner with the family, and all was well. All That's was good. good. I made a horrible mistake of uh, during our downtime, we had to stay inside all day up there. I showed Colton old YouTube videos of Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey. Oh, no. <laughs> and now, anytime there's more than three seconds of silence at any point, he goes, Hi! And it's the most uh, annoying thing. Wow. I have ever heard with that kid. It is, yeah. It's he's, incredibly annoying. He's like a little uh, tape recorder. Just, Hi! Every time there's more uh, than three seconds of silence. Well, don't let ever let there be three yeah, seconds you of ha- silence. Yeah, you can't, or you get that. Can't it's, you control the child? No. Can't you tell him, don't do uncontrollable. that? Uncontrollable. Well, you got you to pick some different things. It was funny the first four Show him silence films. Show him Chaplin and Buster Keaton. <laughs> then he falls the, everywhere. I did that's that. That's fine. I it's did quiet. that. At least it's quiet. He, he used can, to watch Chaplin, and he would do pratfalls everywhere, and I thought he was going to kill himself. Oh, he's young. He'll bounce back. <laughs> Hi! Well, that sounds awful. Yeah, it's awful. Um, my kid doesn't do Harry Carey impressions. So, <laughs> what nine-year-old does? Yeah, it's true. It's insane. I uh, had a great time. Happy to be back. However, we got a great show upcoming today. Even though it's a Monday and everyone's sort of uh, dragging their ass back to work or to school. For those of us here in the states who are off for the holiday, good show. We've got, of course, uh, the Garmy phone calls. Had a bunch of calls that came in over. The long holiday stretch, so I went through those. We've got some to play for you. We will be, of course, taking a look at all the entertainment news with the showbiz beat. We're going to have Ask a Brit, our new segment with Steve Ashton, our UK correspondent. He is going to be talking about why the British have so many euphemisms for penises and vaginas. How many do they have? A lot? More than you could possibly ever imagine. Okay. Yes. 
first, I want to get to your phone calls. You guys are so kind to reach out and touch base with us here on The Ralph Report. You can always reach me via email if you're so inclined at ralph at theralphreport.com. You can reach Eddie as well at eddie at theralphreport.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail message. Most people seem to like that method of communication. <laughs> you can always leave a message for us anytime, day or night, seven days a week at the Ralph Report hotline. The number by now, you should know it by heart, it is 1-833-HI-RALPH. And you folks are kind enough to leave us messages that we like to play from time to time here on the show. The segment we call Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your Many of you folks were kind enough to let us know that you missed us last week. Not a lot of complaints, though. I was surprised. Really? Because I snuck out with that in an outline but before oh, the break. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. It felt bad going There away. was a ton of hatred coming your way before you're in and out uh, shenanigans for not putting in the top three burgers. That was a Friday, Friday evening news dump. Yeah, it was smart of you to run out of town after that one. But not a lot of people complaining that we weren't on the air last week, yeah, that we didn't have uh, fresh yeah. shows. People, people uh, for the most part, were very kind and let us yeah, have some nice. time off with our families. That was nice. And a lot of people said they missed us. Hey, Ralph and Eddie. Uh, Amy from Alberta, Canada. Just wanted to say um, it's Sunday. I'm super excited you guys are coming back tomorrow. Hope you had a great week off. We really missed you. Love you. Mean it. Bye. How sweet is Amy? Nice. Thank you, Amy. Also found out this week, we're still getting new members to the Garmy, which is very exciting because we're always trying to grow the Garmy fan base here. Of course, it's always great to get new listeners, especially people who come on and like the show, like Eddie. Ralph, my man, I'm so sorry. I was uh, MIA. Um, You were the reason why I'd listened to the radio. And um, I don't know. I had a baby. Came back a year later finally getting some sleep let me tune in let's hear some ralph and then you're gone there's some like muppet character guy on there that sounds like fozzy bear and i don't know who else <laughs> anyways it's a shit show i don't know what happened there but i am so glad you're doing a podcast i'm in the army sorry i'm late to the game but i'm in uh thank you so much Eddie, lick my balls. <laughs> okay, I'm glad the newcomers are. Well, Eddie, we, uh, we, we're letting you slide. You had a baby, so you're late to the Garmy. It's perfectly acceptable. We're yeah. happy to have you on board. Uh, tell your friends, by the way. Just 15 cents a show, for God's sakes, yeah. as we always say. You right get a here. lot of show for 15 it's cents. well worth it. And this was a great idea from our pal Chucky. Hey, Ralph and Eddie. It's your good pal uh, Chucky Prostate here. You brought up Christmas music, so I was wondering, what is each of your favorite Christmas songs? For me, mine's one that no one's ever heard of. It's by Alex Houston and Elmer called Here Comes Peter Cotton Claus. It's about the Easter bunny who becomes Santa. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Yeah, that sounds fucking awful, by the way. I've never heard of that. It's awful. No, I haven't even heard it, but I know it's awful. (laughs) not acceptable Peter Cotton Claus of all the Christmas music out there that's the one he picks oh. he's just trying to be arbitrary oh. but I did bring up an excellent point and I thought it would be fun today later on the show Eddie and I are both going to play for you our top three Christmas songs <laughs> now I asked Pence for his top three and I didn't want to know what they were so they were sent to me secretly I will hear them the first time, uh. just like you're hearing them for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> don't know what to expect because, you know, Penn season like the rest of us. And I'll also be playing my three favorites. So uh, we'll do that later on in the show. And lastly, we have one more phone call here. You know, we do a segment here from time to time called Where Did It Come From? And Shane's got a question. 
Hey, Ralph, this is Shane from Canada. I was just wondering, in Canada, we have a saying that, uh, oh, you Ralphed, and it generally refers to vomiting. I'm not sure if you guys have covered this, but do you know where that came from? Why does your name equate to regurgitating nasty shit in yeah. my country? Thanks, mm. Ralph. Yeah, it's not just your country, Shane. It's all of North America. It's a touchy subject for you to to, to work on. Well, look, it doesn't. It's not like it doesn't come up from time to time. Right. It's not like it isn't a topic of conversation. It's not like I haven't heard it my entire life. So I thought we better face it head on. Look, I'm rested. I, I my batteries are recharged. I'm ready to take if there's on ever the big a time, topics. If there's ever a time. It's now. It's time to find out where did that come from. <laughs> Yeah, Ralph being a euphemism for vomiting. You know, it's, listen, let me ask you, do me a favor, people. There's a lot of other ways you can describe it. That you know, you could you could say you're selling the Buick, you're erping, <laughs> I never heard that one. You're defooding, <laughs> you're uneating, you're calling up some dinosaurs, you're uh, giving it the Hugi, the Fergie, you're hugging the toilet, you're praying to Dionysius. I called it upchucking as a kid. You're painting the walls. You're bowing to the porcelain god. You're yakking. You're yodeling groceries. That's my personal favorite. Yodeling groceries. Yodeling groceries. <laughs> uh, Ralphing, where did it come from? Well, I did a little research, and no one really knows the true origin. All they know is, much like myself, it started in the 60s. That's when they first started using it. I hate to think it had anything to do with me being born in the 60s, that it somehow <laughs> that, I inspired it. seems like a weird coincidence. But uh, that's when they started using it. And as far as the folks who track these kind of things can figure it out, it comes from what they call imitative speech. So saying that Ralphing to some people sounds similar to the sound one makes when they're vomiting. Right. So Ralph, I guess, would is the reason they started using it in that way. I've never made that sound. Thorough. I haven't either. But apparently it's very funny to some people <laughs> whose name isn't Ralph. And uh, so that's why I, that's why people do it. It started in the 60s and they're imitating the sound of Ralphing. And I'm trying that's more like my sound. Mine's more like. Ooh, that's a good uh, one. That's kind of how it. Yeah. So uh, don't just don't just look. Just don't look. Don't is what I'm saying. Anyway, that's where it comes from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? All right, we never need to talk about that again. No, it's done. That's, that's dead and buried. It's behind us forever. Well, it's time to take a look at the big calendar here on the Batcave Wall. You know, every day, 365 days out of the year, has holidays attached to it. Not all of them are legitimate. How do you break down the bad ones from the good ones? Well, you're lucky that we're here. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate. Ralph Garman. Slim Pickens today. Just two holidays on today's really? show. Yeah. Shocking. It is Cyber Monday, of course, yeah, which Cyber is Monday. the Monday after Thanksgiving, when everybody goes online and does their online shopping. I would think that Cyber Monday would be a bigger deal now than Black Friday is. I yeah. would think that. You would think. Have you seen the news footage, though? I have. It is it's horrific. Ridiculous. I saw a woman in a Victoria's Secret, like the lingerie store you see in the mall, <laughs> who had to climb on top of a table to protect her own safety as oh people God. were tearing and grabbing at lingerie and clothing that was on sale at the Victoria's That's Secret insanity. store. I felt so bad for her. She looked terrified for her life. <sighs> 
And I was driving on Friday. I was driving around Southern California, and I was on the freeway, and it was so jammed up. And I thought to myself, how is this possible? Almost everyone I know has the Friday after Thanksgiving off, so I would think it would be light on the freeways. No. And I was driving. I realized I was driving past the Citadel. You know what the Citadel yeah. is? Is in Southern California. There's a large section outlet of outlet malls. Yeah. Which has all the major brands there where they sell their overstock and their seconds and things like that. So ordinarily you get a good deal there. Yeah. But I guess apparently on Black Friday it's even better. The freeway was blocked off because of the they, traffic. The of five was getting off. off of the freeway to get to that. That's outlet crazy. Mall. I thought there were looky-loos. You know how I, feel right, I right. get fired up about <laughs> the looky-loos? So I'm looking for looky-loos, but it wasn't even that. It was just douchebags who were trying to buy stuff on Black Friday. You are being a looky-loo for looky-loos. I, I couldn't comprehend. That's insane. Who does that? Because you're wasting so much of your life out there doing it. It's like, are you not equating that to money? Right. Like what you is could, your time worth? The savings you're getting at the store, does that... What's your, what? How much of your life is that worth? What is your soul worth? Exactly. As you're fighting someone for a pair of knickers at the Victoria's Secret. That's 60% off as opposed to normally 40% off for a holiday sale. It's crazy. And doesn't everyone buy everything on, online? Online anyway. I don't. And then people camp out. and oh Yeah, God. it's nuts. Anyway, Cyber Monday's a lot safer. Yeah. Just go on your computer and buy and stuff. Good deals. I think NFL Shop was like 65% off today. Plus, you can look at porn while you're shopping. <laughs> That's true. You don't get that at the outlet no, mall. you have a little window up in the corner with porn going God on while you're right. shopping. damn right. Multitasking. <laughs> I'm shopping and stroking. And also, today is National Cake Day, everyone. National Cake Day. Do we really need an excuse to eat more cake as Americans? No, I mean, there's several occasions a year where cake is shoved in your face. And especially around this time of year. Yeah, after all the pies. I think we're good when it comes to sweet stuff. Yeah. Maybe maybe push cake day into the summer months or something like that. Spring would be a good cake time. Uh, and it's not even a specific cake day. Just usually cake? we have we have had bunt cake day here. We've had the Angel's Food Cake Day. Yeah. This is just cake day. This yeah. is the catch all day for all cakes. Cakes need to settle down. <laughs> and everybody like cake. Don't worry, cake. <laughs> You're not losing any popularity. You don't need to promote yourself with a holiday. So <laughs> fuck cake day is what we're saying. Holiday. All right, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with the segment I call the Showbiz Beat. We like to, on Mondays, take a look at the weekend's box office to get an idea what people were going to see in the movie theaters this weekend. I had so many movies I promised myself I was going to catch up on and see see over the holiday week. None of them. I didn't see one goddamn movie (laughs) while I was off. I was so frustrated by the end of it. It I saw one. The time was gone, and I said, I got, and now I I have have seen nothing. What did you go see? I always go after Thanksgiving. After I I have the meal, everyone goes to bed, I go to a movie like 10 o'clock. By yourself? Yeah, usually. It's my Thanksgiving Mm. tradition with myself. (laughs) You're you're an odd odd loner. I saw Fantastic Beasts. Oh, what'd you think? I liked it. Did you see the first one? I did. I saw it just a few days prior because I didn't see it in the theater. I liked that one, and this one I enjoyed even more. That is on my list. Also on my list is Creed 2 because you know what a huge Rocky fan I am, but I didn't get a chance to see that either. Uh, Number one at the box office this weekend, however, was Ralph Breaks the Internet, as you can imagine. Uh, with all the kids being out of school. Yeah, and family time. Family time. It was number one at the box office. Made $55.6 million wow. this weekend. Wow. Pretty strong. For That's a lot of big movies open this weekend, too. That's yeah. crazy. Creed 2, as I mentioned, also came out this weekend. Made $35.2 million. That put it at number two. Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, still in the top three with another $30 million. 
over the holiday weekend. Then the movie that Eddie went to see, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, came in at number four with $29.6 million. Bohemian Rhapsody came in at uh, number five with $13 million. Instant Family was sixth. Robin Hood. I didn't even know Robin Hood opened up this weekend. I didn't know that either. It was seventh at the box office. Just $9 million for a brand new movie this weekend. Everyone rejecting the concept well, that we need another Robin Hood movie. it's been made 13 or 14 times. Nobody needs another new Robin Hood movie. Widows was number eight at the box office. Green Book came in at number nine. And then A Star is Born still holding on to its slot in the top ten. Damn. With another $3 million made at number ten this weekend. Sad news this weekend, master magician and actor Ricky Jay has passed away at the age of 72. He was one of the best. I mean, in terms of sleight of hand magic, in terms of card magic, they yeah. say there was nobody. Better. I remember, I, I was introduced to him on, I think it was either Tonight Show or Letterman, where he would fling the cards and stick them in a watermelon. He uh, did that on many talk yeah. shows. He wrote a book called Cards as Weapons. But he was the hardest, fastest oh, card crazy. thrower in the world. And it wasn't a trick or anything. He could literally so, yeah. make it stick into walls and stuff. And, and he was in like every Mammoth film, too, almost. Yeah, he and Mammoth were yeah. good friends. They worked together in a ton of films like uh, House of Games, The Spanish Prisoner, Things Change, Red Belt, State, and Maine. He also was in Boogie Nights, did a great yep. turn in that. He was in Deadwood. He was a regular actor on that TV series as well. He was a great actor and a great magician. He was in uh, the Bond film, Tomorrow Never Dies. Let's not forget. But also, a lot of people don't know this. He had a uh, company as well called Deceptive Practices, and they were a company dedicated to doing uh, magic in movies and television productions, but also in solving problems through techniques from used from the world of magic to help movie makers make their movies. Oh. For example, his company built the wheelchair that hid Gary Sinise's legs in Forrest Gump. Really? Yeah. That was his company. Oh, wow. He also worked on The Prestige and The Illusionist, which were right. big, big magic movies. Ocean's 13 he worked on as well with this company where he helped film and television production companies um, pull off effects using techniques that he learned through the world of magic. Such an interesting man. So um, apparently there's a, there's a documentary about his life that is fascinating that people say you need to check uh, out if you're I will. interested. Nicholas Rogue, the director of such films as The Man Who Fell to Earth and The Witches, has also passed away. He died at the age of 90. Not that well-known here in the States. He was a British filmmaker who was quirky, to say the least. He influenced a lot of other directors. Danny Boyle was a big fan. Steven Soderbergh also. You probably haven't seen his films. Uh, he did a great film with David Bowie called The Man Who Fell to Earth that I like a lot. And also another film called Don't Look Now. I think it was made in the 70s. With Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie, it's a uh, very moody, supernatural thriller that I liked a lot. But he was a, uh, a great director and a cinematographer. That's how he started his career in the movie business. He passed away at the age of 90. While we're speaking about legends, Julie Andrews is in the news. She apparently is going to be voicing a key role in the new Aquaman movie. Yeah, I heard about that. It's pretty cool. She has been tapped to play Carathen. Now, Carathen apparently is some sort of mystical sea creature that helps Aquaman broker peace between Atlantis and the dry land. Director apparently wanted a uh, classic British actress whose voice would be somewhat digitally altered, and she was available and interested, so they cast her. And now she will be 
Uh, it's kind of cool. She will be appearing in Aquaman, which opens on December 22nd, <laughs> which is the same weekend that Mary Poppins Returns also uh, comes She turned out, down so. a cameo in Mary Poppins. I did not hear that. She yeah, did. she didn't want to upstage Emily Blunt. Oh, that's very sweet of her. But then she ends up taking a film that opens in direct competition. Well, Jason Momoa is going to upstage Emily Blunt. I mean, <laughs> they're very different films. Yeah, they're going to yeah. pull a very different audience. But Dick Van Dyke's in uh, Mary yeah, Poppins, Dick Van Dyke's right? in it, yeah. yeah. I thought this was fascinating. You know, Hugh Hefner, of course passed away years ago. They are now auctioning off most of his personal belongings later this month. And I did not know this story, but I thought this was really fascinating. He took all of his sex tapes and all of his uh, personal nude photographs of the women that he slept with and all the audio tapes that he recorded of him having sex with all these women, and he put all of it into a casket and loaded it up with cement and dropped it in the bottom of the ocean. Really? Isn't that wild? That's fascinating. He was so panic-stricken. Apparently this happened, I guess, in the 90s. He was so panic-stricken with people finding all of that, all the years, the decades worth of movies and pictures and even written uh, notes and love letters. He was so panicked that someone was going to get a hold of it and reveal not only his secrets, but apparently there were a oh, ton of celebrities. It's going to be an expedition that now. were involved <laughs> in all the orgies uh, that he had there at the mansion. I oh. mean, so so many people were involved. There's so much blackmail in that tomb, and it was such a massive collection oh, that he got paranoid. And plus, at the time in the '90s, that's when Playboy started to open up the uh, the mansion and use it sort of as a promotional tool, much more so than it was even a private residence. Yeah. There were parties up there all the time. Some that Hefner wasn't even involved. It was becoming in. a brand at that point. Like it was, he would stay up in his bedroom yeah. and they would throw big parties. I mean, I was there on Playboy Television during the '90s, and we would have promotional events there constantly. And he was so concerned with strangers walking around in his house, he didn't know. You couldn't keep track of everyone, and he was afraid someone would go off into his office or go through his stuff and maybe pocket something or walk out with something, and then lives could have been destroyed. If you had it all in one location, why not just destroy it? Why? Well, he didn't trust anyone. Bury it. He didn't know who to give it to. You know, you hire someone to burn it. You hire someone to put it away. You didn't know who would dip into it, steal some of it, keep some for themselves. He didn't know who to trust. So he, he was, personally watched them encase it in concrete well, he had, and No, he had one guy. He had one guy that he trusted. His head of security at the Playboy Mansion, Joe Piastro. Now, this guy died in 2011. He oversaw the burial at sea of Hefner's sexual past. Somebody knows where it is. Well, that's the thing. Did it die with this guy? Or is well, does someone have a location? I mean, you got to get the submarine out and go get that. I'm right? This is going to be a James Cameron movie about this. I, to, if you could uncover that treasure trove, imagine the imagine people having there. sex from the 50s through the 90s of, of Hefner having sex in these giant orgies up at the mansion were filmed and videotaped and photographed. Who knows? Celebrities, what was there? politicians. Like I can uh, only imagine uh, the uh, the the sheer number of orgasms that are contained in that in that giant vault <laughs> that was dropped off the edge of the earth. He in dried jizz. Oh, now you've seen, you've taken a fascinating story and you've made it ugly, Eddie Pence. Today's celebrity birthdays, all these stars born on this day, November 26th. Drummer Ben Wysocki of a band called The Fray is 34 years old. Today you may recognize this song.
Ben Wysocki's 34 years old today. Impressionist Rich Little celebrates his 80th birthday today. I didn't know Rich Little was even still alive. I didn't either. He was omnipresent on television back yeah, in Night show with Carson. I mean, Every talk show, yeah. he was doing stuff left and right. He was a, a great impressionist. I don't know if he still even works anymore. But I, probably not. People ask me all the time, is, is that a guy that you looked up to? I never imagined in a million years I'd be doing voices. You'd be known for voices. No, I just never, <laughs> it was something I did to make my friends laugh at school, but I never thought of that as a career in any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so, no, I never looked up to any impressionist. <laughs> Uh, bassist John McVie of the band Fleetwood Mac is celebrating his 73rd birthday today. Here's a little Fleetwood Mac. Scott Adzit from 30 Rock is 53 years old today. Very funny guy. Actor Peter Fascinelli from Nurse Jackie and also the Twilight films is 45 years old. Hip-hop artist DJ Khaled is 43 years old. Singer Natasha Bedingfield celebrates her 37th birthday today. Actress, singer Rita Ora is 28 years old today. And the legendary singer Tina Turner celebrates her 79th birthday today. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. I got to tell you, people are loving this new segment with Steve Ashton. You know him, of course, as our UK correspondent. You'll be seeing him, by the way, on uh, December 7th. If you folks are around, we're going to be doing our live Ralph Report show down in Irvine, California at the Irvine Improv December 7th. December 7th, a date which will live in infamy. So come on down and join us. I think tickets are still available. You can go to improv.com. And click on Irvine and location scroll, and then uh, you know, you know, do what you do. Just get there. Just get there. Anyway, uh, people are loving this segment. Ask a Brit, where he helps us understand why the Brits do things so differently than we do here in the United States. This email came from Margot Schultz. She wrote, "Ralph, having watched a few British comedies, I was wondering why do they have so many words for genitalia." Bell End, Muff, and whatnot. LMB, Margo. <laughs> well, it's a good question. They do have an infinite, seemingly infinite number of euphemisms for the penis and the vagina. So who better to ask than our UK correspondent, Mr. Steve Ashton, with a segment we call Ask a Brit. So we had an email in from Margo. She says, having watched a few British comedies, I was wondering, why do they have so many words for genitalia? Yes. I, don't think we have more. I don't think we have more than Americans, do we? Oh, yes. I think considerably more. Well, we, I mean, we do. Have, I mean, if I think of, you know, if, I, if I'm looking down in between my legs, I'm looking at my tadger, my tallywhacker, my trouser snake, my winkle, my crown jewels, my knob, my plonker, my John Thomas, my pork sword, my purple parsnip, my thirsty ferret, my wedding tackle, or my swinging cod. Yes, exactly. 
Okay, but and that's just for penis. I, I actually think a lot of it. Now, this is my take on it, right? This is not official. So, if you are somebody who's a, a big uh, expert on the English language, do let us know. But in, this is my opinion. I think a lot of it comes from literature, like Chaucer. Have you read the Canterbury Tales, Ralph? Oh, years ago, back in school, yes. Fucking rough. <laughs> it's, yeah, a rough it's, it's a slog to get through. It makes no sense. But essentially, the, the Canterbury Tales, it's, uh, it's a story about a bunch of pilgrims that are traveling together and decide to tell one another a bunch of stories. And my God, does Chaucer have a lot of references to vaginas. <laughs> a lot of them. So in some way, I guess, coming up with a different word for a vajayj was a necessity. So, But he used the term acquaint, which became the word cunt, uh, the meaning of the word quaint is a clever or curious device or ornament <laughs> or an elegant, pleasing thing, which has always been my experience, always pleasing. Um, so that's one source. So we need a different term. I think another source could be Cockney rhyming slang. If you, Are you familiar with that? Yes, I am a little bit. So that began in the 19th century, sorry, in, in London, in the East End to be exact, where people would use rhyming terms to describe something. And it was also used in the United States. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It was used uh, actually in your neck of the woods uh, by the criminal underworld of the West Coast between 1880 and 1920. So let me test you. See if you can guess what these words might be in, in rhyming slang. Trouble and strife. Trouble and strife. Um, I, I don't know. Wife. Oh, I got you. Okay. Plates of meat. I uh, got nothing. Feet. Ah, I got you. Apples and pears would be stairs. Kyber pass. Kyber pass. Uh, I don't know. Pass. <laughs> of course, you'd be a septic tank. How's that? Septic tank is uh, rhyming slang for yank. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, my favorite of the rhyming slang is Burke. Now, that's derivative of the term Berkeley Hunt, which, of course, is rhyming slang for Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I'd also say potentially that Victorian sensibilities and censorship made it necessary for writers and publishers to disguise lewd and crude language. So euphemisms um, were substituted. Again, this is my take on it. My all-time favourite, I chanced upon once, and I can't for the life of me remember where, but it was in a romantic novel, um, and one of the characters was relieved when he gave his partner his boiling tribute. <laughs> That's a great name for a band. <laughs> the Boiling it? Tribute. I'll give you my Boiling Tribute. But that's my take on it, Ralph. Anyway, look, um, I'm no expert, but we're quite repressed here, so we tend to skirt around the houses. That might be another way, another reason that we uh, use uh, lots of euphemism. Anyway, look, I've got to go now, Ralph. I'm busting for a tummy tank with my finger up my aris. <laughs> Enjoy your Boiling Tribute. Now that we're past Thanksgiving, it's just just a toboggan right to hell, right into Christmas. <laughs> Before it's you blink, be here any minute. Uh, everyone's putting up their Christmas lights. Decorations are everywhere. Uh, the music, of course, is omnipresent. Do you have your uh, your house uh, done? Uh, we're yet? decorating tomorrow. Yeah, this, we we're out of town for Thanksgiving. This week so. is the same with yeah. us. We're going to get everything. We got to. We had to get a service to do our lights because we just <laughs> You're just done. I just don't have the time or energy <laughs> to climb around the outside of my house and string up Christmas lights. See, I just have the interior because I'm in an apartment. So I don't oh, that's about, true. I don't you have to worry, worry about, about the yeah, house. When you got the house, you got to do the outside. Yeah. 
And I like doing it, but it's it's a maybe a day. Look, the way I do it, it's a day, maybe a day and a half. You hire a pro. A couple hours. A couple hours, boom, done. they're done. And it looks so much better. Yeah. So we're doing that this year. But the, as I mentioned, the Christmas songs are everywhere. We had Chuck at the top of the show ask what our favorite Christmas songs were. He came up with some bullshit Peter, Peter Cotton, Cotton Claus, Claus? some non-existent even, song that he made Easter up. Easter and Christmas? It's a bad idea. So he asked us what were our, our favorite Christmas songs were, and I thought it'd be fun for us to play our t- each of us play our top three Christmas songs. Eddie Pence picked three. I picked three. So I'm going to play them at random, and then we'll both defend our choices. Who knows? Maybe there are some uh, mutual songs in there that we both picked. It was hard. I, it was hard to pick three. I said to Eddie, pick your three favorite it Christmas was hard. songs. I'll pick my three. We'll play them, and then we'll see uh, see where we land. Okay, so I'm going to start off with mine. This is okay. one of my favorite, right. one of my top three Christmas songs. Now, listen, don't get your nose out of joint there listening in the Garmy if we don't play yours. What about, oh, but I love Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay, look, there's plenty of great Christmas songs. We're not; These aren't the no. best Christmas songs. No. These are just simply our favorite Christmas songs. No need to defend your favorites. <laughs> these are simply ours. Here's one of mine. It is, oh, man. I think it's because I love both of these guys so much, and it's such an odd mix to hear them both together. David Bowie and Bing Crosby singing from one of Bing Crosby's Christmas specials from 1977. A newborn king to see Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum Our finest gifts we bring Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum Rum-pa-pum-pum Rum-pa-pum-pum Peace on earth Can it be Years from now Perhaps we'll see our finest gifts we of glory. Say the day came from the Live in peace. So peace on earth. When we come. Little Drummer Boy, Peace on Earth by David Bowie and Bing Crosby. What an odd matchup. What a weird (laughs) duet. I just heard one the other day, uh, Dolly Parton and Rod Stewart doing Baby It's Cold Outside. That's odd as well. (laughs) The visual visual image in my head bothers me. Yeah, you could find the video of them singing together. I don't think they ever recorded it. I think it was strictly done for the television special. It sounds amazing. And they pulled the audio off of the TV broadcast, but the video of them standing at the piano singing together. That's so cool. you got to wonder, does Bing Crosby even know who the fuck he's standing next to? He's like a hundred and it's 1977 (laughs) and you know they they hired Bowie just to try to get some ratings and bring younger viewers to the special. Anyway, it's one of my favorites. All right, it's Eddie Pence's turn. I'm just, I'm going to shuffle these. I'm just going to play it. And Eddie's going to tell us why and what. But here's Eddie Pence's number three. Oh, no, you didn't. I did. Oh. What? Oh. The goddamn peanut special? The instrumental version, not the one with the kids singing. This is the instrumental Yeah, that's version. what I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not the annoying one with the kids singing. 
spending Christmas in a uh, piano bar. It does. It's great. You don't drink. What are you if doing I, if in I a piano did, bar? I would go to that piano bar if I drank. There's a four billion Christmas songs in the Look, world, and number three for you that is one, that Christmas. First song. of all, this was a difficult list to come up with. Yes, to, to, to make that. But this one, it means something because it, it reminds me of being a kid in the '80s, and we would have a fire, and that would be on television. And hopefully you would throw the Peanuts special no, DVD not. onto the fire. This was, they didn't have DVDs. This was, you couldn't have... It was just, you only saw it once a year at Christmas time. Uh. It was on TV and we would decorate... It was usually the night after Thanksgiving we were decorating the tree and this was on and it just reminds me of being a kid. I hate that goddamn special so much. Oh, you do. It's but never that... been good. It's never been funny. The only reason people watch it is because there were only three networks on. Right. And so we all were forced to watch it every year. But I showed it to my kid a couple years ago. She's like... I never want to see that again. <laughs> she got so bored. It's awful. It's an awful Christmas special. I'm just saying, it just, it's the time I grew up in, and it reminds me of that time. All right. So far, that's my only defense. 0 for 1. You're 0 for 1. This is my second. This is my number two. One of the great all time singers singing one of the great all time Christmas songs. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Frank Sinatra singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas <laughs> See, the problem here is you Come went with on. really good Christmas songs Well, that's why I went with my Chris- favorites I went with Christmas songs that meant something to me well, how can they not be one and the same? They, sometimes they, they diverge. When like I hear Frank Sinatra saying, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas, it, it puts me immediately in the Christmas spirit. Like, it's everything uh, perfect about the holiday. Okay. You got Frank, you got that song, maybe you got a little cocktail going, there's a fire going. Man, it's I just understand. Christmas. It's a three-minute just but injection of Christmas. I right went there. with what they meant to me at the time I heard them. Oh, well... Doesn't that qualify? Do they have to be great songs? Well, if you're because you're you're, you're, you're list the is, top three Christmas your songs. Your list is just shitting all over my list. Well, right I'm now. just saying these are my favorites. God damn it! All right, let's hear. Let's me throw Eddie's uh, number. This is number two again. You're hearing it for the first uh, time as I am. Here's number two. Have a holy jolly Christmas. Oh, okay, come on, right? For lives. I don't know if there'll be snow. But have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, yes. say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. That would that would be in my top five, I think. That's the quintessential Christmas song to me. Like, Didn't make my top three, but it definitely would be in my top I five. I hear that song, I automatically am in a good mood about Christmas. It is one of the great Christmas songs, absolutely. So. And also from actually a Christmas special that's good as well. It's actually in Rudolph the Red-Nosed yes, Reindeer, is. and that is perhaps the best Christmas special right th- up yeah. there with Grinch. It's and neck and neck. Again, it's that they would replay those Charlie Brown and, Re- and Rudolph back-to-back, yes. and that's when we would decorate the tree, and those two songs are forever ingrained in me as Christmas songs. And Burl Ives, for those who don't know, is the voice of the snowman yep. who is telling the story of uh, Rudolph in that special. And he said he had a lot of Christmas songs, and that's one of them. And it's absolutely good. Well done, Eddie. I'm giving you your props. That was actually a good choice. Uh, this is my number one. This, for me, 
I wait all year. When the Christmas songs start being played on the radio, I sit and wait for this one. Now, this probably isn't for everyone, but again, this goes back to what Eddie was saying. It means something to you. Being an East Coast kid, if you weren't a fan of this guy in this song, you couldn't survive the Christmas season. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pop. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it. me is christmas <laughs> what are you laughing about? oh i like that song i just hate the i hate the beginning banter of that song i like the oh, song he's talking to the audience well he's, he's talking to the audience or something or somebody in his band he does about both he's that, like, that that hey how about you folks you've you been, been, you been, you been good clarence what about you you've been clarence, practicing because i just hard? imagine clarence behind him making the jerk off motion with his hand like can we just no, play the song didn't. he was the boss. over with I'm just <laughs> practicing real good so Santa Claus bring you new sex. So that, that part always bothers me. I it's like the song, awesome. but You're if wrong. we get caught it's that delicious. part off. All right, here we go. Eddie Pence, number one, <laughs> three best Christmas songs. <laughs> You've heard my three. Now here's the number one on Eddie's I, list. Okay. This is Eddie Pence's favorite Christmas song. <laughs> Are you shitting me? <laughs> it's not my favorite Christmas song. It's one of my favorites. Goddamn novelty song. Oh, that voice. I love that voice. It's like Betty Boop. Nails on a chalkboard. When she says hippopotamus, oh. Oh my God! Why is not my number one? Why'd you preface it as my number one? I asked you for your top three. I wouldn't. This is maybe three. Even if it's three, you know other Christmas songs exist, right? Yeah, but again, it means something to me. How did all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth not make your top three then? Oh, I hate goddamn novelty Christmas songs. <laughs> well, I know you don't like Peter Cotton Claus. Here you go. Hippopotamuses and hippopotamuses like me too. Oh, oh fuck that song. I love that part. Oh, my hippopotamuses God. Hippopotamuses like me too. What are you thinking? <laughs> Look, that one is solely because I have a child. And so do I. That was one of his first Christmas songs that he would sing out loud. This is the same one who's doing the Harry yeah, Carey. Hi! You have the high. most annoying child I've ever heard of. But that he would—that's one of the first ones he would sing out loud, and like that makes me think of him being like two or three years old again, singing that song, and that's why I love that song. My God, <laughs> I couldn't. I, if you, that would have to be in my bottom three. It's not bottom, three. easily Come bottom on. three. I hate Middle. novelty Christmas songs. Right. I don't want that one. 
I don't want Mamacita, Donde Esta Santa Claus. I don't want that one what on my Christmas list. Dominic the Christmas Donkey. I don't want Dominic the Christmas Donkey. <laughs> I don't want Grandma Got Runned Over by a Reindeer. That's a great one. You go right to hell. Grandma Got Runned Over by a Reindeer? You go directly to hell. Oh, come on. Do not pass go. It's wrong. You... That is a great Christmas song. I hope song. you get coal in your stocking, <laughs> sir, because you have just shat all over Christmas. After he runs over Grandma, I don't care what he brings me. Oh, for fuck's sake. You're awful. <laughs> you're the worst person. You're, you're worse than Hitler. I, uh, what? <laughs> That's not overstating things at all, is it? <laughs> Slightly. And that's it for today's show, folks. Come on back tomorrow for a brand new The Ralph Report for a Tuesday, including a conversation that I had with the daughter of one of my heroes. It's Gigi Garner. She is the daughter of the late James Garner, one of my all-time favorite actors. The Rockford Files, one of my favorite television shows of all times. Her dad was also very involved in civil rights. He was just a great guy. We talk about him and about the charity that she has started in his name. So that'll be tomorrow. Come on back for the Ralph Report, because I love you, and I mean it. Bye. (laughs) 